Ryan hasn't made any money in years. That's not my problem. We need the shop to cover its rent. <laughs> Our parents are involved in a business match. It's getting ugly, so they're taking it out of us. Tony, you need to go home now. hardest things to realize when you're a child is that your parents are people too you understand that they care about things they make mistakes if they try to do what they think is the right thing to do does any of what i'm saying make any sense to you say something jake say something gee thanks dad that's a very encouraging story this is matt hart at obsessive viewer on twitter with a special episode of obsessiveviewer.com's the obsessive viewer podcast Welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com, find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and you can also subscribe to the subreddit at r slash obsessiveviewer. If you want to help support the podcast, you can do that via the donate button that can be found on obsessiveviewer.com, or you can go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Or if you don't want to spend money, you can simply leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps us out a ton. Also, if you're in the Indianapolis area, tickets are now on sale for Shocktober and Irvington 3. Uh, that's Those are available at shocktoberandirvington.com. And as a special bonus for listeners of the podcast, you can get $1 off the price of admission when you use the promo code PODCAST1. That's podcast and the number one when you buy your tickets. And if you're not aware, Shocktober in Irvington is the one-night event screening of short horror films from local filmmakers that my co-hosts and I put on once a year in Irvington. We rent out the Irving Theater on the east side of Indianapolis, and we basically screen the short films from local filmmakers. We interview them after each screening in front of the audience, and we give away prizes, raffles, uh, gift cards to Irvington businesses, DVDs, Blu-rays, a whole bunch of stuff. It's a really, it's a great time. Uh, this is our third year doing it, and uh, we're excited to do it again this year. And all the money we make off of it goes straight to the Irvington Historical Society. So you can find more information and find um, tickets and everything at shocktoberinirvington.com. Okay, so as I said at the start of this episode, this is a special episode of the podcast. It's uh, basically, it's uh, the first ever um, solo Obsessive Viewer podcast episode. Um, I think OV64, we did a B-roll episode where I introduced clips that we had recorded previously. But this is our first authentic, only me on the microphone <laughs> talking for an extended period of time. Um, so this is interesting. This is an interesting change of pace. But I wanted to go ahead and record this episode for two reasons. Um, one, my regular co-host, Tiny, he is on vacation in Florida. And so he wasn't available to record this week, uh, like a normal episode that we usually do. And also, last week was Indie Film Fest 2016. And I was able to get a very last-minute um, uh, press pass to the festival, courtesy of the organizers at Indie Film Fest. They were very, very kind in giving me a very last-minute pass. And so I went ahead and went to the festival as much as I could and um, watched a ton of stuff. And I kind of wanted to dedicate a single episode of the podcast completely to Indie Film Fest 2016 because I, I saw a ton of stuff that the nature of 
of film festivals are these are these are films that are created independently and they are movies that it's there's a possibility that no one will ever get to see them outside of the festival circuit and if they do happen to see it, it if they get distribution um whether it's a theatrical release or VOD or put on Netflix or something um it's good to have just an idea of some of these films that are out there and and at least I hope that people um take my opinions somewhat seriously but um it's I I just want to kind of put out my thoughts on these movies so that if if you come across them you can you know check them out cuz um there are a lot of really good movies really good and uh emotionally driven um a lot of really strong movies that are that hit the festival circuit that don't get the attention that they need so um that's what this episode's all about and also just the organizers at Indie Film Fest if you're in if you're from Indianapolis um every July this is the I think 15th year they've done it um Indie Film Fest is uh, occupies the Indianapolis uh, Museum of Art, and they screen screen in uh, one of the lecture halls and also in the Toby Theater, which I've talked about before. The Toby Theater and the uh, Art Museum is just a spectacular theater. It's really cozy. It's very intimate, and it's just it's such a such a great theater. Um, so, uh, Indie Film Fest kind of resides there. And, um, they screen for 10 days, uh, tons of films and they have filmmaker Q and A's after screenings. They have a lot of, uh, after parties, they have special screenings and the kind of one of, one of my favorite parts of it is that it's all volunteer driven. Um, I think it's the executive director of it, Craig, he runs the IMAX at the state museum and all the other board members, the, the people, um, in charge of the festival, the volunteers, all of them are just complete they're all volunteers really and it's all a labor of love and it really comes through in uh the presentation of the films and and the festival itself and they do a really great job so i want to kind of take some time to commemorate them and also congrats if anyone from from indie film fest happens to be listening to this congratulations on such a great festival and a great lineup of films and and thank you again for having me um or giving me the the pass to go see them so this year's festival ran from July 14th to July 24th, and there was a, there were a lot of uh, films that were screened, obviously. So I saw a total of, or I attended a total of seven screenings for feature-length films, and I saw five blocks of short films, and two of uh, both of the uh, 48-hour film project screenings that they had. Uh, basically, that comes down to seven features, 28 short films and then an additional 26 short films in the 48 hour film project, which I'll get to in a moment. But, uh, of those seven features, it included the opening night award night and closing night films that I got a chance to see. So I was very grateful to be able to check those out. And with the opening night, closing night and awards night films, I was able to attend the after parties for those. Um, and it was, it was just such a blast, such, such a blast. I talked a little bit about attending several screenings of Indie Film Fest last year in 2015. Um, I think it was episode uh, 119 
of the podcast that I talked about that. And I was just really enamored, enamored with it and really excited about it. And I was, I was really glad to be able to go back this year. However, I still couldn't get time off of work um, because I just recently started a new job. So I didn't have any PTO on it on uh, PTO available to me. So basically I was doing the exact same thing I did last year and the same thing I did last year with Heartland Film Festival as well. Just going to work, going home, changing, going to, uh, going to the festival, seeing a movie or two, coming home, going to sleep, repeat. It was kind of, uh, kind of grueling and, uh, a little tough, but I, I loved every second of it cause it's just such a fun environment and it's really cool to meet new people and, and talk to new, talk to people about your common interest of movies and film, uh, films. And it's just, it's just such a, such a blast. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something that I'm looking forward to every year now. Okay. So I'll go ahead and, uh, kind of go through some of the movies that I saw at the film festival. Um, I don't really have, uh, I kind of wish that I would have separated them between like features, shorts and, and all that, but I'm just going to go chronologically, um, through the movies that I saw. Um, cause that'll be a little easier on me. So I've compiled a list of all of the movies in the show notes of this episode, which are available in the app, whatever app you're using, or if for whatever reason the hyperlinks don't work on that or anything, uh, go to obsessiveviewer.com slash OV178. And uh, basically I've put links to where I could find them, either the main, the official website of the movies or the Vimeo page or the trailer or the social media sites for it. So usually it's uh, on, on, the, on the links I have, the Facebook page for the uh, movies. So you should be able to find all of those at um, obsessiveviewer.com slash OV178 or in your app, whatever app you're using. Okay, so first up, first up was the opening night film. It was this movie called Little Men that featured Greg Kinnear and uh, was directed by Ira Sachs. And it was this really pretty uh, heartfelt tribute, or not tribute, but this heartfelt story about um, friendship in your youth, like the friendships that you have at your most formidable ages. And it's not necessarily a coming-of-age story, because the main emotional pull of the story is how these two kids' friendship, how it's how the conflict that both of their parents are in, um, basically Greg Kinnear is the owner of the, um, the building that the other kids, um, mother is a, uh, uh, runs a shop out of. So Greg Kinnear is the other kids, uh, is one of the kids' fathers and then the other kids' mother's landlord. And so the, the shop owner and Greg Kinnear are having this, um, conflict about rent and about the lease. Um, and it's about how the friendship between the two kids is affected by this, um, conflict between the parents. And it's really, really well done. Um, both of the kids were really, uh, really, uh, strong actors in it. Greg Kinnear's son in the movie is a very timid, withdrawn kid while the other kid, um, is this very gregarious and outspoken kid who's, who's, he's very, he, he's very sociable and everything. And it's, it's really interesting how the friendship between these two kids just blossoms and it comes about in an organic way, in a very organic way. And it's not necessarily so much that the conflict between their parents makes them 
like tears their friendship apart. It isn't necessarily like that. It's it's more that their friendship is a th- is a a thing of circumstance because um, Greg Kinnear and his family move into the apartment that's above the shop where um, the the kid's mother owns the shop, and and it's kind of a kind of a friendship by circumstance. But that friendship grows into a very a very nice a nice friendship that they kind of uh, spend all of their time together, and the way that the conflict kind of trickles down to them is more that they react to their parents' behavior in um, interesting and unexpected ways. And it's, it's a really, it's a really um, interesting movie and I really enjoyed it um, and found it really charming. And it kind of, it's, it kind of has this universality to it where, I mean, everyone has friends. Everyone has memories of friends when they were kids, like young friends um, that, you always drift apart from them. Um, I mean, my, my oldest friend really is tiny and I met him in junior high. Um, so, but I've had friends, you know, throughout my life that I've, I've drifted apart from and just for whatever reason, maybe like one kid moved away after one year of school where I became friends with them. And it's just, it's, you know, there's a relatability to it. So, um, I really, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. And, uh, that's Little Men, and uh, you can find more information about that at littlemenfilm.com. And then next up is, um, it was one of the shorts programs that Indie Film Fest was having. Um, it was uh, the WTF shorts program. This was kind of a collection of um, <laughs> kind of just out there short films that didn't really have a common theme to them, except that they were kind of disorienting, kind of out there, and kind of, oddly enough, uncategorizable is that a word i don't know but um it's they were they were all movies that kind of didn't fit into a certain certain thing and they they kind of are movies that make you think or or film short films that um make you go hmm i think is what is what the description was in the in the guidebook for it but um so anyway this was a collection of seven short films and I'll kind of run through them uh title by title just kind of quickly um and I'll highlight a couple that I really enjoyed. Um first up was this short film called The Brief Existential Crisis of a Young Underwear Model. The short film was about this underwear model who kind of leaves a set during a shoot and he's walking down the street and he happens across this bar that is closed and he goes in and he by chance meets this middle-aged woman who's going through her own kind of midlife crisis while he is having his own existential crisis and it's kind of through dialogue it's it's kind of um an interesting take on how these two people at different points in their lives while also dealing with their own their own uh intimate crises how they um interact with one another and inform each other um and it, it was really interesting um it, it it was shot it was shot really well it was kind of this black and white thing where um a lot of the scenes in the bar cuz there's there's a couple different sets but the majority of it takes place in this bar and there's this very wide shot of the two of them and like the camera is positioned in the middle of the bar so throughout like the framing of it is just really well done because the bar goes along the middle of the the middle of the frame and and 
you it, it's hard, it's hard to explain i don't know if i'm explaining that adequately but um both characters are filling up the left and right side of the screen the bar is running down the middle of the screen it was just it was really well composed the way that it was uh, shot in that way so i really liked it or I, I enjoyed it um it kind of um kind of left off with some interesting questions I'm, I'm true to the nature of this shorts program it was something that kind of made you sit and wonder um, after it was over, kind of make you wonder where these characters are, what these characters, um, what these characters interactions with one another, how that, um, has affected them going forward. So it's, you know, something that is, uh, interesting and, uh, contemplative. Um, next up was this short film called Forgiving Chris Brown, um, which you can find at forgivingchrisbrown.com. You can find information about it at least. Um, I wasn't a big fan of this one. Um, it's about a group of women who basically drug and, um, confine a man to a chair in the desert. And it's, it's a weird, it's a weird short film about women who are emotionally devastated after a breakup or I, I don't know if they were necessarily abused physically, but, um, the, what I got from it was that they were, um, basically it was a revenge tale about them taking revenge on, on their exes or their ex in this movie, one of their exes in the movie and about one of their, uh, the main woman's, um, emotional struggle with, with taking the revenge or, or, um, going through with it while still kind of, um, remembering the good times of the relationship. So in that respect, I kind of liked it a little bit, but it was just, it was a little out there, a little weird. Um, they, they kind of infused a little bit of pop culture into it. I, I, I guess that's how I would describe it. They, um, refer to the guy as Chris Brown and the woman as Rihanna. And throughout the whole time, the, the man is like, what are you talking about? And saying her actual name. And then, but they only address him as Chris Brown. It's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of out there. I didn't like the way it ended. Um, I don't know. I was, I wasn't crazy about it. It was, it was just kind of strange. Uh, but again, you can find more information about that at forgivingchrisbrown.com. And next up was, I don't know how to pronounce, uh, Soy Chingon, AKA I'm a badass. It was this short documentary, about um about the history of one of uh the Spanish language's most prolific curse words um it was kind of charming it was it was charming it was interesting i i wouldn't i wouldn't say that i would see a full length documentary about the subject but i liked the way that it was incorporated or uh, the way that they handled this um this subject in in their uh, short 9 minute film uh, you can find more information about that at facebook.com slash soyching on short. And next up was probably my favorite of the shorts block. It's just simply called B. Um, you can find more information about it at facebook.com slash own drum movie. Um, this was a really interesting and beautifully made movie. It was kind of a, I think it was a stop motion animated um, film about this about this, uh, this woman or this doll who throughout the course of it, there's no dialogue throughout it, but throughout the course of it, it's about this woman, um, hiding her, her uh, homosexuality and, and kind of going 
being told by society that she needs to find a man and be with a man while kind of um, um, suppressing these homosexual urges that she has. And it's a really beautifully made movie with a really strong message about just being yourself and, and not wanting to um, conform to the pressures of society that, that you uh, face and, and to be true to yourself. It was really well done. I really liked the way it ended as well. Um, again, you can find more information about that at facebook.com slash own drum movie. Uh, next up was sexo limpio, uh, which means, uh, clean sex. It's a movie out of Mexico. It's a short film out of Mexico. Um, it was interesting. It was about a woman who has kind of a, uh, a cleaning fetish is the best way I could use to describe it. Um, all of her sexual liaisons, um, are become about her being clean or, or making everything clean. And she's kind of repulsed by the idea of, um, of grime and dirt and the dirty nature of sex. And, um, it's interesting cause it's, a, it's about, um, some of the relationships that she has and how they, how she adapts to, to them in certain ways. It, it's at its heart. It's a really interesting story about how, um, you can't really judge a, a person you're in a relationship with or the, or the functionality of a relationship that you're in by, by what worked in past relationships. Um, it, in that sense, it was communicated very well. um, and it was kind of, it was, it was unique. I'll, I'll say that. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. So next up was this short film called, um, what happens in your brain if you see a German word like, and, uh, you can find more information about that at facebook.com slash what happens in your brain. And I, it was, I, I thought it was well done. Um, uh, well made. It's, uh, kind of has this very long, German word and it breaks it down, um, piece by piece essentially. And, um, as it breaks it down, it goes into different mechanics or, or different, uh, styles of film or, or it kind of progresses throughout each definition in unique ways, uh, filming wise, but throughout it, I mean, it was five minutes long and it was kind of wore on my patience just a little bit. Cause it was kind of, I don't know. It was kind of a struggle. I, I didn't really, care for it that much but i appreciated what the style that it was done in and uh and what uh what they were going for i could appreciate that finally in the wtf shorts block was um this short film called zero m2 or i think zero meters squared um it's about this guy who basically it's this french movie um this french short film about this guy who moves into a, a an apartment and finds that it's not quite what it seems and that the entire block is is strange in in a certain way um and at at its heart it's it's, a, it's it was unique it was very unique and interesting and i i liked it um quite a bit but um kind of at its heart was about how community sticks together and how people in 
less than or in compromised positions. I'll put it that way. Um, how they either a lie to their lie to themselves or they band together to make the best out of it. It was um, it was charming. It was charming. So that was the WTF shorts block at Indie Film Fest 2016. And next up was a documentary that I saw that I want to pay special attention to. It was um, it's this it's this documentary called The Invisible Patients. It was actually the audience award winner of Indie Film Fest 2016 and so uh, wow, so deservedly so. Um, I think I talked about it in the last episode, in the the stinger of the last episode of The Obsessive Viewer. Um, You can find more information about it at facebook.com slash invisible patients film and I highly recommend doing that. I was incredibly emotionally affected by this. It resonated with me in such a huge, huge way. Um, basically it follows this nurse practitioner in Evansville, Indiana, uh, who provides in, who provides in home, uh, care to patients around Southern Indiana, essentially. And the documentary follows a year of her on her job and tracks her caring for four patients. And, I mentioned, I think, I believe I mentioned this in the last episode in the stinger, but I'll just reiterate it again. Um, back in February, my father passed away, uh, from congestive heart failure at the age of 76. And he had been bedridden for the last, I think, couple years of his life. And throughout the past year or throughout the last year and a half of his life, I think he had in-home, in-home care from, nurses much like the subject of this film the invisible patients and i don't know just seeing the way that seeing the way that they shot her visits to these patients and and how she interacted with these patients just was incredibly moving to me because i know firsthand i've i've seen firsthand how the care that these that these um healthcare professionals provide to patients who in many cases are in the last stages of their life. Um, I've seen firsthand how that, how much, how important that is to uh, patients and and to people and, and how those people can really affect the mood and and the comfort level of, of, of a human being's final moments on earth. And, um, and like, I have the utmost respect for anyone in this profession and anyone that can do what they do, because I saw firsthand how it affected my dad's, um, mental health, my dad's, um, uh, comfort level basically in the last days of his life. And it was, it was really, this documentary captures that so beautifully. And I mean, there were moments where I almost lost it and just was crying, crying in, in the, in my seat. Cause it was really, like I said, it resonated with me in a, in a big way. And, um, I just, I really want people to see this documentary. Um, like I said, go to facebook.com slash invisible patients film and like the page and, uh, go see it if it's screening near you, um, at a festival or what have you. Cause it's a really important and really affecting documentary. And, um, I'm so delighted that it got the audience award, um, at Indie Film Fest. And I was able to, at the after party for, um, award tonight, actually, I was able to, you know, I made an idiot of myself, but I talked to the, one of the directors and I, I spoke to the subject of the film and just thanked her for the work that she does, because I know that it's uh, that level of commitment to your job is, has to be taxing on so many levels. And, uh, 
to know that there are people that do that every day is, is really incredible. So again, that's The Invisible Patients. You can find it at facebook.com slash film, and I highly recommend uh, seeking it out. Okay, so next up is the Body Language Shorts block. Um, body Language Shorts film, short films and the Body Language block of short films. I just said that so many times. So many times. Um, it was a shorts block uh, called Body Language. It included five movies or five films in it. And uh, I'll just go through quickly each one. Uh, the first one was this film called Frontman, which was about a rock star who um, realizes or learns right before he sets off on a big tour that he is, um, that his, that the damage done to his ears is going to be irreversible. He was, he is going to lose his, um, hearing if he doesn't have surgery immediately. And it's kind of about his, his struggle with, whether or not to ignore it and go the rock star route and go on tour or um, do it for his own benefit and the benefit of his family to do the surgery. And I, I liked it. I thought that the way that they depicted the, um, the uh, systematic hearing loss that he was um, um, experiencing was really done really well. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I thought it was really strong the way that it was, it was filmed and, and the sound design of it was really pretty spectacular. Um, and I thought it was overall pretty satisfying. It deals with their, uh, dove into some, it, oh God, I'm so sorry. It crowd dove into it cause he's a rock star. It's like diving into the crowd. Is that something? See, this is hard because I don't have any of, I don't have tiny or Mike or Fecus or anyone here to make me who to forcefully laugh at my jokes under threat of firing them. Um, anyway, um, anyway, so Frontman was, was pretty good. I have a link to a, a Vimeo page for it, um, in the show notes and yeah, I, I, I liked it. It was, it was a good start to this, uh, to the shorts block. Um, next up was this, was the short film called love comes later. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, you can find more information about it at facebook.com slash love comes later. It was about this, um, um, uh, this, uh, illegal immigrant who is working in this motel, who learns something about herself and has to come to a decision or has to make a decision, um, based on her circumstances. And it, it was what they were going for was a really emotionally affecting, um, drama about this young girl who has to make a very important decision, but not only make the important decision, but being forced to make a decision due to her circumstances. I'm being a little vague, but, um, so that message came across well, like her being forced into something that she doesn't want because of her circumstances and her want for a better life. Um, but I just, I, I kind of, I was kind of, not very uh, engaged with it throughout it. So um, you can check out more information about it at facebook.com slash love comes later. 
Um, you, you might get more out of it than I did. Um, the next one is kind of tough because it's, the title is in German, but, uh, the English translation is I spy, I spy with my little eye. Um, this was really interesting because it is a documentary short about a man who is losing his eyesight essentially. And the way that it's filmed and the way that the story is told is almost, like it's it's like a narrative it's it's filmed it's not filmed documentary style by any means um and the the way that this is going to come across weird but the way that the subject um carries himself throughout the documentary um makes it feel like it's like it's a narrative fiction film and um the way that the camera like they use different techniques with the lenses to show to show us his POV, his perspective and how his eyesight is like, he's losing 95% of his eyesight. And, um, it terrified me cause I would be, that would be absolutely just terrifying to me to, to lose one of my senses. Um, and it was, it was really quite beautiful. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, unfortunately I couldn't find like a website for it. Um, but I have a, a link to, indie film fest's page for it um but yeah it was it was really good it's uh called i spy with my little eye um in german that's the english translation but it was it was really affecting and then next up was a short film called otis um so last year on my uh, on i think it was i think it was ov 199 or 119 but um, I talked about Indie Film Fest 2015, and in it, I I talked about a short film by the name of The Thin Brothers Visit Room to something. I can't remember the number. 213, I think, or 217. No, that's the number from... 217 is the, the room number in The Shining, the book. Anyway, um, so it, The Thin Brothers was a short film that I didn't particularly care for. I was pretty harsh on it in that episode, um, actually. And I, I don't, I don't remember like in retrospect, I didn't, I didn't dislike it that much as much as I, 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 as far away as I've gotten from it, I didn't dislike it as much. I think I focused so much on the negative that I kind of buried the lead on the positive. The positive was that it was an interesting mesh of, um, different genres and it kind of at the end became this kind of hitman Tarantino-esque film. So anyway, I say that because the, one of the directors of that, I think it was two directors or it might be one director, but anyway, he came back with, uh, this short film called Otis, um, Matthew Lewandowski. Um, you can find more information about this at, uh, facebook.com slash tugboat pictures, which it's funny because I tried to look up uh, tugboat pictures and I just, I Googled tugboat pictures and it came back with pictures of tugboats. But anyway, Otis is about a, uh, a man who is at work and then he realizes he really needs to go to the bathroom. And so it's, it's a short four minute film where he is on his way to the bathroom and, um, the worst thing that could happen to him happens to him. And it's, it's really, it's really quite funny and hilarious and, and, uh, it leads up to a really well-deserved ending that has really, uh, had me laughing quite a bit. And in this block of short films, it was a good bit of levity 
Because, I mean, I just watched a documentary about a guy losing his eyesight, and I saw this short film about a guy losing his hearing, and to see this guy losing his piss, um, <laughs> or to see this guy hurrying to get to a restroom, um, was really, was really a nice, a nice break from, from the seriousness of it, so... Um, I enjoyed that. It was called Otis. And again, you can find more information about it at facebook.com slash tugboat pictures. And finally, to round out this documentary or this uh, shorts block was uh, a short film that was made by ESPN and 538.com. It's called The Dean Scream. And it's a documentary about um, Howard Dean's famous scream in, uh, in, uh, in one of his speeches that became kind of a meme or kind of it went viral and uh, was kind of the death knell of his, uh, I think it was 2004 um, presidential campaign. And this was really interesting because I'm not a very political person or I don't really, I'm not a political junkie by any means, but it was really interesting to see um, the insight into what led up to this infamous scream or this infamous uh, uh, speech that he gave and it was really interesting to see both that and the fallout of it and also to see how the news media reacted to it as it was i think it was like the first like the first political thing to go viral or something and it was really interesting in that respect and it was also it resonated today like with sensibilities today it was interesting to see this piece of history from uh so many years ago that um Today, it's interesting to see our current political landscape be so like to see to see someone's campaign implode because they went on stage and had so much enthusiasm and did a ridiculously weird scream to see someone's campaign implode at that point or to end at that point. And then to kind of juxtapose that, the, the short the short doesn't just doesn't reference anything about what's going on today in our current uh, uh, political system, but to think about that in um, like today, while we're in the midst of everything that's going on in politics now with the current presidential election, uh, was really interesting. So it was really interesting to watch the short film at this time, um, and at this point. And it was it was well done. I really enjoyed it. It's called the Dean Scream, and uh, I have a link to it at uh, in the show notes that you can find find more information about it at five thirty eight dot com. And next up is another shorts program. It's called Giggle Fits. It was kind of a comedy shorts program, which actually featured, and I'll get to this in a moment, um, it featured Rye Manhattan, uh, Michael Goldberg, and Dave Chan's um, short film that they talked about when they were guests on the podcast uh, some time ago. So I was really glad to finally be able to get to see that short film. But I'll save that for last because it was the last in the shorts block. Um, The first one, though, was the short film called First Time which was a really unique um, take on, or, or it was a really interesting done short film in that it was this guy recounting his first time having sex. And it, it kind of goes through several different iterations of it, but what's on screen are scenes from, uh, famous scenes from movies of, I would assume, his childhood. And like there's, there's fast times at Ridgemont high. There's, um, 
Oh, wow. I'm completely blank. It's been such a long, long week and everything. But the one that stood out is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think The Breakfast Club is in there, too. Um, and it just kind of keeps rewinding kind of VHS style. And it rewinds to another iteration of it and it was it was really humorous it was it was enjoyable i liked it a lot unfortunately i couldn't find a link to any anything online about it um but it was called first time it was directed by steve summers and i enjoyed it next up is the poets and this one was was pretty charming it's about two poets who sit at a coffee shop and they're kind of it's implied that they are in a are are in a a class with a with a noteworthy uh instructor who they've been paired up to work on a poem together and it's their conversation at this at this coffee shop and just the back and forth is really enjoyable it's a lot of fun it's it's really it's quite cute and charming Uh, but you can find more information about that at sean gannett uh, s-e-a-n-g-a-n-n-e-t dot com slash poets and next up was Bacon and God's Wrath, which actually got the documentary short um, award, best of the fest award, I, I believe. Um, and it was about it was a documentary short about a uh, an elderly woman who uh, was born Jewish and, and raised Jewish, um, and it's about her quest to eat bacon for the first time, <laughs> and uh, kind of goes into some interesting stuff about her her faith and and her um ideology and her religious outlook and how it's changed considerably over time and all leads to her trying bacon for the first time it was it was it was interesting it was good i liked it um next up was this documentary short called i am walker which i i wasn't too i wasn't really that crazy about it it was um it was a documentary about a guy who basically was from New York and then moved to Finland and he just kind of stumbled into, he had no acting aspirations, but he kind of stumbled into a starring role in a Finnish action move or action television series and became kind of a household name in Finland for this role. And it's kind of about him talking about it um, to the documentarians and kind of reflecting on his time as Walker, this action hero in Finland and kind of talking about how it affected his life and where his life led up to and, and what amounted to him and what he would do if he were to uh, become Walker again on screen. It was, it had its charms, but I kind of, I didn't really connect to it that much. Um, next up is this short film called um, King of Baskets. It's uh, This one was really unique. It, it was kind of film documentary style, but it was clearly um, a, 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 a narrative. But it's about this guy who is the, who is the head of a basket making, a basket ma- manufacturing company. And uh, he's like the world's youngest basket billionaire or something ridiculous like that. And, um, the performance of the lead actor, it was so, it's, it's kind of hard to pin down. It's kind of, it, it's kind of strange because he is so going for it and he's doing a great job and he is so energetic and it's at times it, at times if he wasn't so charismatic and if the writing wasn't so strong, it would be really overbearing. 
But there's such a good balance between his performance, his energy level, and the narrative, and the length of the short film. It it was, I don't know. I was really, I was, I was pretty, I was pretty taken with it. I, I was, I was, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and that's King of Baskets, and I have a link to the Vimeo page for it. Um, you can find more information about it there. Um, next up is uh, this Irish. Um, short film called wifey redux it's about this guy who um it's it's about the story of this man and woman who fall in love get married have a kid and then they grow apart somewhat or their or their kind of their relationship kind of fizzles out and it's about the man channeling his disappointment with his relationship with his wife into a cynical look at his his now grown daughter's relationship with her boyfriend and it's kind of it's it's kind of a goofy um a goofy short film about this guy interfering with his daughter's relationship and and um trying so hard to make sure that she is um that she is respected by by her her uh, boyfriend so it, it was it had its charms the lead actor was really enjoyable he carried it really well and i i enjoyed it quite a bit um again that's wifey redux you can find more information about that at wifeyredux.com and finally in the short film is the aforementioned rye manhattan uh directed by michael goldberg it's it's it it was really it was it was worth the wait. I really enjoyed it. It was it was a lot of fun. This this we, they talk, uh, Michael Goldberg and Dave Chan. They were on the podcast um, several months ago talking about it when they were when they were launching their uh, crowdfunding campaign for their first feature length film, Surefire. Which I actually met these guys. Where I didn't technically meet these guys, but I I reached out to these guys after seeing uh, their short film, What's Eating Dad, at. Um, last year's Indie Film Fest, which that ended up being screened at Sharktober in Irvington. So anyway, um, uh, Rye Manhattan is this short film that they kind of, kind of made, uh, they, they explain it a lot better than I'm about to. I apologize so much, but it's this short film that they made. It was kind of a, not assigned to them, but it was kind of like a 48 hour film project kind of thing. Um, they were, they were someplace where they got paired up with an actor and they were given a, a finite amount of time to write, shoot and edit and create this short film. And this is what they came up with. It's about this guy who is at a restaurant waiting for his blind date to arrive. And then he kind of realizes fairly late that he is at the wrong location <laughs> And so he's running around, um, he's running around New York trying to make it to the correct location. And it's really, it's, it's really fun. It's, it's fun. And it, it played really well with the crowd. Um, there's a really spectacular pratfall that the, that the lead actor does. And, uh, there's, it follow it's followed up with something really, really interesting. Um, yeah, I really liked it. It was, it was really, really great. And I was really excited for, um, Michael and Dave for their short film to be screened there. And also I didn't mention that this, this screening was packed. It was, it was like, like at the, at each screening, they have the audience award ballots where you tear off the number for, um, what you vote for, for the, for the films in either that you're seeing or the short films in the block that you're seeing. And they ran out of those ballots and had to get, dig out more, 
because so many people showed up to the screening. So that made me feel really happy for Michael and Dave because they were uh, they're they're really great down to earth guys. And once again, check out their podcast. It's Surefire Podcast. It's them being interviewed each episode by uh, David Power, who is kind of interviewing them about the process of making their their feature-length film, Surefire, and how it's going and everything. It's a really great podcast, um, kind of tracking the progress and, and the history of this project. It's it's really great. If you're listening to this podcast, you'll you'll love that podcast. It's called Surefire Podcast. Check it out. Okay, so that was the Giggle Fitz Shorts Film Project. And next up was a uh, couple feature feature films that I saw. The first one was um, the Awards Night film. It's called Black Mountain Poets. Quick, quick. Okay, yes, You've stolen a car. You've borrowed a car. Whatever. The Poets Poetry Club would like to invite you, the Wilding Sisters, to join our Beat Poetry Wales Visitation Retreat. We could be the Wilding Sisters. Oh, don't be so ridiculous. We could. How can we be the Wilding Sisters? I can do Beat Poetry. Go on, then. Birds. Words. We're con people. That's what we're good at. So we should just pretend to be poets and have fun. And uh, you can find more information about it at facebook.com slash Black Mountain Poets Movie. It was about these two sisters. That it's, it's, uh, it's a British movie about these two sisters who um, con their way into this... Um, in, into this... I don't know how to describe it, like poetry retreat um, with the, with this poetry group. They they are uh, they they pretend to be these famous sister poets um, after they steal a car and stumble upon it uh, that place. So so they're conning their way and they kind of become close with some people in the in the retreat and everything. And uh, that's basically the plot of the movie. Um, I thought it I thought it was okay. I thought it was I thought it was pretty solid. Um it had its charms, but some of the character motivations were, didn't really connect with me. Um there's there's kind of a romantic relationship between two characters in the movie that kind of for me kind of came out of nowhere a little bit and I wasn't really invested in that story um too much cuz I was a little confused by it. Um, but the comedy landed pretty well and I overall, overall I enjoyed the experience of watching it. Um, but it didn't, wasn't really my cup of tea. So you, you might enjoy it more if you check it out. It's at, uh, more information about it can be found at facebook.com slash black mountain poets movie. Okay. Next up is a feature film. Uh, wow. <laughs> next up is a feature that I saw called West of her. Uh, you can find more information about it at facebook.com slash west of her film. It's about this guy who um, basically gets paired up by this mysterious organization um, with this woman who basically there it's kind of confusing. Like this mysterious organization places these strange um, philosophical tiles on streets across the country. So he is kind of, initiated into this organization by being paired up with this woman. And, uh, the movie is all about their, how they interact with each other as they're doing this thing, uh, going, kind of going cross country to do this thing for this mysterious organization or this mysterious 
entity. I, I don't know what you would call it. So um, it's about their growth as, as people and, and to ha- what brought them to this strange lifestyle and how they inform each other's life, basically. Um, it was it was pretty it was it was pretty okay i i thought it was just pretty okay i i kind of was a little disappointed in the mystery of the what they were doing basically i wasn't really given that much to go on about what exactly it is that they were doing um like i said they're just putting tiles on streets with these philosophical messages on them and it's supposed to spread kind of a peaceful message i I guess but i i didn't I didn't really get much out of it um, throughout it. Um, however, the performances were, were quite good. And uh, the storyline between, or, or the, uh, I guess the plot between the two characters and their growth as characters together uh, was handled quite well. And I liked where it ended up. It, it kind of didn't, didn't go a standard indie romantic drama route by any means. It, it kind of brought the characters first and did what was best for the characters um, more than anything. And that's something that I really appreciated about it. Um, but the actual overall plot, I wasn't too, too keen on really, but, um, I was, st- I still enjoyed it, um, in its own right. Okay. So next up is another shorts program. It's called sigh of relief. Um, this one I was really looking forward to and I was really excited about because it was all science fiction and I'm kind of a sucker for that. Um, that genre, <laughs> So the first one was All Your Favorite Shows. Um, this was a short film about this kid. It's it's like this animated short film about this kid who um, is always... Uh, how this kid is obsessed with screens, like like with watching, watching movies and TV. And so it's him seeing the world through the lens of film and TV. So it's basically intercuts between this crudely not crudely drawn but this uh this kind of shaky animation style of this kid with a screen and then when it's taken away he's seeing like flashes of like frames of different movies um as it progresses so like um he's in a car so this the so the short film uh cuts to an exterior shot of the car you see the animated car and then as it moves across the screen, you see the enti- the entire frame just just uh, switches to single, like a few frames of of certain movies with cars, and it's like the movie is the it's like the car is moving across the across the screen through different frames of different movies with the car with the vehicle in the position that the vehicle in the animated short is. If that makes sense, it was really it was really executed really well, and I have a link in the show notes where you can watch the entire feature or the entire uh, uh, short um, on it at facebook.com slash futureshorts1. Future um, that's where the link is uh, located. Um, go to the link in the show notes for the actual link to the video. But anyway, um, I really dug it. I really liked it. It's called All Your Favorite Shows. I really liked it. Um, next up was one I wasn't too keen on. It was this Italian short film called Kane's Shadow. Um, it's kind of this seven esque detective story about kids that are being abducted and I don't know. It was, it was kind of bizarre and it didn't really, didn't really do much for me. It kind of, 
kind of by the end, it kind of went off the rails and I, I wasn't, didn't really dig it that much. Um, so yeah, that was, that was unfortunate. Um, the next one is called Inferno and that one also didn't do much for me. It was this German film that's about this guy speaking to a therapist essentially about a dream that he had. And it, they're kind of talking about, they're kind of talking through the dream and it's intercut with shots of, um, what it was like in the dream essentially and the, his emotions in it. And I, I appreciated what they were going for. I really do. And I thought that it was done well enough, but it just, it still didn't do much for me or it didn't resonate with me in any meaningful way. Um, Finally, this was my favorite one in this shorts program. It was called Cryo. It was this 30-minute German short film uh which you can find more information of uh you can find more information about it at facebook.com/cryofilm. Uh that's cryo spelled K R Y O. So, the whole idea of this of the short film is that they uh it's a it's a it's a couple, a man and a woman who it's in it's in a world where there exists the technology to cryogenically freeze yourself, essentially. Um, so the woman is dying of cancer, and so the husband decides to freeze her and himself, and then so they can wake up and she will be healed and they could be together. Uh, the problem is that they wake up in a in a room where everyone has abandoned everything. They can't find anyone. And it's a really, really interesting, interesting short film. And I would, I would love to see it expanded into a feature length film because it was really well done. And I, I really, I really dug that. It was a lot of good character stuff about the, between the two and about love and about, um, what it means to honor your loved one or what it means to do what's best for your loved one. Um, when, when it may not mean what's best for you or what you want it to be. Um, so that's, uh, that was something I really, really liked and, uh, really appreciated. And I really liked it. Again, you can find more information about that at facebook.com slash cryo film. That's cryo with a K. Okay. Next up is, is kind of a, kind of a long one. Um, so this year at Indie Film Fest was the first year that, the festival handled the 48 hour film project. And I have to say hats off to them. They did a really fantastic job. They basically screened, uh, the 48 hour film projects films. I believe it was Monday and Tuesday. They screened the short films, uh, from the 48 hour film project block and, uh, or 48 hour film project. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place here. Anyway. Um, so there were a lot, um, (laughs) the uh there there were just a ton of short films in these so the let's see how many were there? there were two blocks one had 14 the other had 12 so 26 total short films from the 48 hour film project and basically this year's criteria for it was that they needed a they needed to incorporate a tomato in the film uh, I think it was a tomato. Yeah. Uh, tomato. They had to have a character named Francis or Forrest. Um, I can't remember the last name. Um, and they needed to be an architect and they needed to have the, a line of dialogue, uh, 
of someone saying voila, I think. Uh, voila. Voila? I don't, I'm so tired at this point. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so they had a lot, a lot in these, and, and a lot of them were really well done. Just the thought that they that these short films were made in 48 hours are just just magnificent. It was incredible. So um, for sake, sake of brevity, I'm, I'm not going to go through each one individually, but I will, I will definitely talk about some highlights from, from both of the uh, screenings. So um, the first screening group a uh, let's see, there was, <clears throat> there were some really good ones. There was one, <laughs> one called the total package. Um, it was basically a first, uh, a first date or, um, blind, or I think it was online dating, uh, a first date, these, this man and woman are at a restaurant and they're having drinks. And so it's as they're talking, um, basically there's a split screen or, or a, a box on the screen. That's another character who's basically the, uh, uh, so like the guy would be talking and then it would cut to a guy on a couch and that guy is, the personification of the, of the man's penis. And, uh, he's talking to another man on the couch who is the personification of the man's brain. So basically everything that he says, the brain and penis react to. And on the other side, the woman has two people that are talking or are reacting in her mind that it's, uh, her mind and her vagina and her vagina. So it's, it was really goofy. It was a lot of fun. It was really, really quite hilarious. There was, there was one scene that was just absolutely hysterical. I, I really liked it. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's called the total package. And, uh, let's see what else, what else is worth highlighting on here? I mean, there were a lot of really good ones. Um, so there was one called Maverick that kind of, uh, took a really interesting, interesting take on it um on, on the parameters of the of the project it, it was essentially uh, about the black lives matter movement and it just just the way it was done was really well really well done um it's kind of it, uh, the majority of it is told via um the majority of the dialogue i guess is is through uh, uh news footage and 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 things and it's kind of following this one lone character as they're going through their day and uh it, it was really really impressive um and then also probably my favorite of the entire um of the entire 48 hour film project section uh or screenings was called redemption services um really well done time travel story of this guy who kind of has a crappy day and then a bartender gives him a card and says hey call this number you can redo it again uh you can redo your entire day and it's uh and it, and you know you can do that and the way it was done was so so great and uh i really really loved it it was i think num- uh yeah it was number 2 uh so there were 3 three winners basically it was it was in the number 2 spot um that that was named um let's see that those were some of the highlights from group a of of the 48 hour film project group b had some really good ones as well um let's see uh the winner for the entire for like the winner of it was the was a short film called the photograph 
which was another time travel thing, which that's of the three winners that were announced, the top two were time travel and the third one was horror. So I just, I loved seeing, you know, genre picks winning. Um, I thought that was real. I was really satisfied by that, but the photograph was incredibly well done. It was a time travel movie about this scientist who is working on a device or working on time travel. And there's a specific reason why he's working on it, working toward it. And it's communicated. It's written so beautifully because everything is communicated visually and, and it tells the story so well without having to rely on really any dialogue. It was, it was so beautiful. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so there's that. And then also home, uh, which home was a really interesting, um, uh, it's about a, a guy who basically uh, assists a, a, a woman who goes to her childhood home and finds her brother there. And it's kind of this really creepy, moody kind of thing where the audience can tell like, okay, something is off here. Something is very strange about this, but it's presented as such a family drama, like a conventional family drama that we just kind of go with it. And when it's revealed what, what is actually going on here, it's really, really well done and really surprising and, and fun. Um, I, I really liked it. It's a good genre mesh uh or it builds up to becoming a good genre short film um next up is called not my job which was a fun kind of kind of had a slacker uh workplace comedy kind of feel to it of this guy who's basically taking a new hire he's a he's kind of a it's not really clear what he does but he's kind of like the groundskeeper for an apartment complex and he's taking a new hire around um around the site and introducing him to or introducing her to several um an, an eclectic cast of characters and i just i really appreciated how the ensemble as a whole worked together i really liked the way that they did that um okay next up this one was this one was impressive um it's called sylph like s y l p h l i k e um I almost cried my eyes out at this. It was so beautiful. It was about this, um, it was a drama about a girl who's essentially reading a note or reading a letter that she wrote to her, um, dead best friend. And the entire movie is told through just shots of like memories of, of the friend and everything. And, Oh my God, it's, it was really well done. It really had a lot of heart and was really just incredible. I really liked it. That's called Sylph Like. Um, let's see. Okay, uh, finally, uh, Vindicta. This was number three in the, in the winner's list. Uh, this was a horror film. Uh, really well done. A really good use of kind of a shaky cam technique for, for, a, for, a, uh, for an effect shot, essentially. And, uh, they, they used <laughs> the way that they used the parameter of it being uh, of the a character named Francis or Forrest who is an architect. The way that they used it was really great. I, I really love the way that they incorporated that into it. Essentially, it's about a guy who is sacrificed. His heart is 
he's taken into into a wooded area. His heart is carved out, taken out of his body, and then a, a young girl stumbles across it, and then she resurrects him. And it's 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 really it's really quite well done. And I actually talked to the filmmakers afterwards, and they said that they would um, be in touch to maybe submit something for Sharktober and Irvington. So I hope they do. Um, so yeah, so that was a that was a really quick rundown of the forty eight hour film project at Indie Film Fest. There was a lot of different, um, a lot of unique and and really strong short films in that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, the future holds for Indie Film Fest and forty eight hour film project because I think that they did a really great job um, hosting these screenings and um, incorporating that into their festival. And I found out that I found out that it was kind of a last minute thing. And I, I was really impressed with how they handled it, even, in, even in the 11th hour. And I feel like the 48 hour film project and, and what it, what it's all about is really conducive to what indie film fests in indie film fests mission statement is essentially, or what the, what their thesis statement is. So I really, I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, comes of it in, in years to come. Okay, I promise I'm almost done, guys. So the next the next uh, section I have to talk about is another shorts block. Uh, it's called it was the Creep Up Shorts program. Um, these were kind of uh, more creepy, atmospheric, or horror specific uh, short films. So I was really looking forward to this because I mean I, I love horror. I have Sharktober and Irvington coming up, which again, check out SharktoberandIrvington.com. Um, so anyway. Uh, the first one, <laughs> okay. So, th- so the first one was kind of spectacular. It was. It's called Greener Grass. Um, it's not a horror. It's not horror. It's more. I don't know how to characterize it. Um, it starts with two women sitting in stands, sitting sitting in stands, watching um, their kids play soccer on a soccer team, and one of them has a baby, and then. There, it's such a weird, weird, weird short film in the best way. Um, they basically are chatting, and then what worked so well about Greener Grass is that the entire everything about it was weird. Like it wasn't like one character is acting weird, but it's like everyone in the world is weird. It kind of had a Twilight Zone vibe in that in that respect. But um, essentially, like like the. I'll, I'll give away the first part of it. Um, one woman is holding a baby, the other isn't, and then they're talking, and then the other woman says, oh, hey, you have a baby. I didn't notice. And then the other one's like, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I just I just got it or whatever. And um, that's essentially what she's saying. I'm not being an idiot. That Like, that's actually what she's saying. I'm not being disrespectful to parents or anything. That's that's part of the dialogue, and it, was, it played really well. Um, and then the woman that doesn't have the baby is like, oh, wow, I love him. He's great. And then the other one says, oh, do, do you want him? Um, and so it's it's weird because that's not like the main plot of the, of the short. It's just a jumping off point to establish the weirdness of this world that, they're, that we're in for this short 15-minute film. And it's played so well. Like everyone plays it straight um, as they're doing and reacting in, the, in these weird ways. And it's it's so bizarre, and it had one of my favorite lines of anything that I've seen ever, maybe, or anything that I've seen this year. It had one of my favorite lines of dialogue. Um, essentially, <laughs> at a certain point in the movie, uh, one character says to the other, hey, I don't mean to be an Indian giver, but 
seeing as how my only child is now a dog, do you think maybe I could have the baby I gave to you back? Um, and just out of context, that's the most absurd and weird and amazing line of dialogue. And it ends it's really well done. I, I really liked it. Um, you can find more information about it at gulpsplash.com um, or go to facebook.com slash gulp, uh, gulp splash, uh, G-U-L-P-S-P-L-A-S-H. Um, as far as I can tell, Gulp Splash is kind of this uh, female-driven filmmaking enterprise, essentially, um, or group. Uh, or company. I'm, I'm not sure, but, um, I really dug this one. I really liked it a lot. It's called greener grass. If you get a chance to see it, check it out. Okay. And next up was a short film called road roadside assistance. Um, it was pretty good. It was about a woman who, uh, gets picked up by a guy and both of them, neither one of them are who they say they are or, or are up to what they say they're up to. Um, so it's this interesting uh, dichotomy between the two where they're kind of talking, but they both know that the other one is, is not, is not being truthful. Um, and it goes some surprising places. It, I, it didn't really connect with me all that much, but I respected what was done in it. Um, um, I respect what they were doing, what they were going for. And uh, I thought it was done quite well on a technical level. So, yeah, that's called Roadside Assistance. And I have the uh, Vimeo link to the director's Vimeo page on the show notes. Um, Next up was this German short film called Clowns with a Z. Um, This didn't really work for me. Um, It was kind of this weird um, short film about this messenger or this this, uh, delivery guy who... Um, is sending a parcel or is uh, uh, charged with delivering this parcel and he kind of stumbles across this underground clown collective it's it's kind of weird it's kind of trippy it's it's creepy and uh, kind of has some fantastical elements to it that I kind of appreciated but it was a little it was a little strange for me um, next up is this short film called Homeful Bliss uh, it was from, uh, it's this Dutch film from, from, uh, Belgium was this Dutch film called Homeful Bliss. Um, you can find, I, I have a link to the Facebook page in the, in the show notes, but, um, I, I liked it quite a bit. I liked it in theory. It felt like a black mirror episode. Um, basically this guy comes home, this guy comes home from work essentially um, and it's revealed that it's his, it's his birthday and his family is there and they have kind of a birthday party. And throughout the entire runtime, you can kind of tell there's something strange about this entire, entire thing. And it's not revealed until the end and I won't give it away, but, um, that ending just smacks of like, this feels like black mirror. And, uh, and I love that because I love black mirror. So I, I liked what they did. Um, with that. And finally, uh, the last short film in this block is called Sanja Sang. Um, I can't remember how to pronounce it. It's a, it's a Spanish film from Mexico. So it's, I loved it in theory, actually. I loved the concept of it. It's about this woman who is obsessed with horror, who her significant other doesn't really care about 
the genre. And so she's constantly seeking out these really disturbing horror movies and he's kind of like writing them off. So she finds out, she finds, or she gets this exclusive invitation or, or she stumbles across this uh, screening for the short film or this, or this horror film, I should say. And uh, when she goes to it, she realizes something is wrong. Or, or she learns that something's wrong, and it's it's kind of a snuff film kind of thing. Um, well done, like like really well done on a technical level. Very creepy, very atmospheric, and um, I really love the concept of it. Um, I thought that the ending was a little, uh, a little a, a little rough. Um, I, I not rough like content wise. Just um, characters make choices that kind of felt more necessitated by runtime than it did by actual motivation. Um, and, it, and I kind of think that the short film would have, would have benefited more from someone or from, from more time in a certain dilemma for the characters. But like I said, I really dug the um, concept of it and most of the execution. Okay. So I have three more films to talk about. Uh, first up is All the Wrong Friends, which uh, I saw Wednesday night. Um, and actually, one of the filmmakers were there, and he introduced himself, and I actually need to respond to his email because um, I'm hoping to have him on the podcast at some point. Um, but anyway, All the Wrong Friends is about this group of friends who are driving to... All the Wrong Friends is about this group of friends that are driving to a music festival, and then they get sidetracked by one of their friends uh, wanting to stop by a house and then they it, it leads to them having to cover up a murder and then that leads to even more thriller shenanigans and um what's interesting about this movie is that it was kind of the flagship movie for uh Southern Methodist University uh, their summer film production program so basically this sh- this film was was shot in I think the director said ten days uh, back in 2011, and they had a very a very small amount of time to work on the script. They didn't have like a completed script when that when they shot it, um, and it was kind of the flagship or pilot pilot program for this uh, for this uh, summer film production program. And they've been doing the SMU has been doing this production program for for ever since ever since then really. Um, it's. I believe it's all mostly at this point. It's all student um, driven, essentially, um, and so all the wrong friends was the first of that. So it, I mean, it was shot in ten days. The script wasn't. They didn't have as much time to work on the script as as they would have normally, uh, of course. So I mean, it's a little rougher on the edges, but I I appreciated what they went what the what they were going for and what the, what they accomplished in such a short amount of time with such under such circumstances. Essentially, um, there are a lot of characters in this movie. It's it's an ensemble piece, and what I really appreciated about it was how they handled so many um, personalities and motivations on screen, um, at one time. And they kind of divvied up a lot of time between these, these characters and their motivations. Um, some of the elements to it weren't really all there for me, but I really appreciated what they were doing. And once they, once it clicked or once it was, once I learned about the summer film product production program and the circumstances surrounding it, I was able to forgive some of the, um, 
some of the issues I kind of came away from it with. And I thought it was quite enjoyable. I, I really uh, uh, enjoyed it for, for what it was. It, I mean, it has some issues here and there, but um, I enjoyed it for what it was. And uh, there were some really cool um, kind of uh, pieces of violence in it, um, like gunshots and things of that nature that I, uh, I enjoyed the way that it was uh, depicted. All right, down to the last two, and these are kind of big ones, um, or big ones in, in context of the festival. So on Friday of the festival, they had a special screening, a special presentation screening of a movie called Hell or High Water. You want a little advice? Go see your boys and mom. You know, you talk like we ain't going to get away with this. I've never met nobody got away with anything, ever. Why the hell did you agree to do it? Because you asked, little brother. Mama, take this badge off of me. I think I got these boys figured. He's got no record. He's never been arrested. He don't fit the bill, Marcus. You may be hearing a lot of things about me and your uncle. Whatever I hear, I won't believe. No, you believe it. I did all of it. Love you, Toby. Mean it. Love you, too. Uh, this movie stars Chris Pine, Ben Foster, Jeff Bridges, uh, Gil Birmingham, a notable character actor who was at the screening and had a real, really interesting Q&A afterwards. Um, also, Kevin Rankin is in it. And it's about these two brothers who are these two brothers in Texas who are robbing banks in order to get money to pay off the bank uh, to to pay off their uh, their deceased mother's um, loans on on her land so that they can keep their property. And it's kind of it's it's a it's kind of a modern day western kind of shoot 'em up caper. Uh, not necessarily shoot 'em up caper, but kind of a kind of a caper. Um, and what I really liked about it is that Ben Foster and Chris Pine are the are the two brothers, and then Jeff Bridges and Gil Birmingham are the uh, sheriffs and deputies um, who are on the case and, and following following the brothers around. So you get a good mix of the their both sides of of the story. And what I found really interesting about it and really unique about it is that neither one of them, no one in, in that scenario are necessarily the antagonist of it. You still root for both sides of it. Like you understand where the brothers are coming from and you understand that the, that the law enforcement is, are just doing their jobs. Um, and really the antagonist of the movie is the bank. Um, and it kind of goes into some of the financial, um, issues and economic issues that, um, are facing that, that a lot of people are facing today. It's, it's kind of, um, kind of a fight the power, fight the man, fight the institution, the financial institutions, um, that are kind of holding people by the, by their throats. Um, so I really, really liked that a lot. And, um, I, I really liked the movie overall. I thought it was really spectacularly well done. Um, you can find more information about it, um, at hellorhighwater.com. And it also has, some things to say about um, Native Americans and and their place in our society today and and how they're viewed. Um, it's kind of a 
it's kind of lightly peppered in throughout the whole movie, but it's it's done quite well. And Gil Birmingham spoke really eloquently and beautifully about um, the story of the movie and how it impacted him and how it resonated with him, both as both as um, a Native American and as someone who grew up in, in uh, whose whose father was in law enforcement. So it was really well done um, on that front and handled really well. Um, yeah, I, re- I really liked it. I, I really did. Um, you can find more information at hell or high water. Um, I believe .com or .movie. I haven't seen that, um, URL extension, um, much, but, um, hell or high water .movie will take you there. Also, it's in the show notes as well. Uh, final film of the film festival that I saw was the closing night film called Morris from America. I know you might be still mad at me by bringing us here. One day, you lighting the hip-hop world on fire, collecting all your Source Awards. You thank me. Source Awards? Mm-hmm. Is that as far as I get in your dreams? All right, all right, you're Can right. Can I get a Grammy or something? Yeah, yeah. Let me get some claps, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Wie heißt du? Morris. I'm Catherine. <laughs> You make cute couple. I'm not a play, I just crush a lot. Hello. Why are you out here causing trouble? I didn't do anything. Start thinking with your brain and not your dick. Hey, nobody speak, nobody get choked. It's uh well it's about this young kid in Germany who is who wants to be a gangster rapper. <laughs> And it's about him meeting a meeting a German girl and kind of falling for, her. and it's really uh, Craig Robinson plays his uh, his father, and it's it's an A two four film actually, so you can find it at a two four films dot com, and uh, I I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought that it it was really good. I don't know if this was intentional on the festival's part, but I like that their opening closing film were like very strong uh, child actor driven films. And this one's no, no exception or no different than, than that because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a charming coming of age story about this kid who is kind of finding himself. Um, and he's, he's really um, influenced by rap and he wants to, his identity is that he's a rapper. Um, but it's kind of, part of it is, is kind of that he's more, um, he's struggling to find his own voice as a rapper. I kind of wish that they would have handled that a little more, that aspect of the story a little more, but it's both that. And it's about his, his first crush, his first love essentially, um, of this, of this German girl. And it's, uh, I, I thought it was very charming, very charming. And, uh, Craig Robinson plays a good dad in it. So, um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's called Morris from America and, uh, I liked it. Okay. So I've been talking a lot and I don't, uh, oh, you would think that since I have a solo side project podcast called anthology, which you can find at anthologypod.com. Um, I would be more used to this, but, um, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants. So I don't really have thorough notes like a different anthology. So, um, I apologize if it seemed a little sporadic, but anyway, um, 
thank you guys for indulging me. That That's basically my rundown of Indie Film Fest, the movies that I saw and uh, the movies I recommend you guys checking out if you have the opportunity. Um, like I said, these are all independent films that someone sunk their life into for so much of their time into for, for a chunk of their life to get it produced. And, and a lot of these are passion projects. Some of them won't see the, some of them you may never get a chance to see. So if you have a chance to see some of them, I would definitely check it out. And if you have a festival that's near you, patronize the hell out of it. Cause I, these environments, whether it's indie film fest, whether it's heartland, where, whether it's any film festival, really like it's such a beautiful thing to go to these festivals to meet people to talk to them to connect with them about movies that you've just seen or or movies that you were planning to see and and just it's such a great environment and i can't speak highly enough about the the people in in charge of indie film fest like i said it's all volunteer driven um they have a kickstarter every year and some fundraising events and they have year-round um film events that you can find all this information at indiefilmfest.org. Um, it's also funny. They, uh, one of their roving cinema is what they call it. Um, they have screenings throughout the year was the 70 millimeter presentation of 2001, a space odyssey at the state museum, um, that me and tiny went to in January. Um, that I was at, like, that was my, birthday present to tiny um and we talked about on the podcast that was one of their things like they they hosted that and everything so if you're in indianapolis i highly recommend checking out indie film fest next time it's around here or one of their um off-season screenings and everything um such a fun environment such a such a good group of people and it's a lot of fun and i i really like doing these film festival things even if i and blowing out my voice the night before I have to talk on phones for eight hours. Um, anyway, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed the first ever solo, completely solo episode of Obsessive Viewer. If you weren't too turned away by my voice for the last hour and a half or so, um, I urge you to check out Anthology. It's a solo side project podcast that I host. Um, basically, it's a podcast exploring science fiction anthology storytelling during television's first golden age, beginning with the twilight zone. Um, check that out at anthologypod.com. And, uh, I don't know when I'm going to post this. It might be before or after the bonus episode that I'm going to be recording tomorrow. So, um, whenever you're listening to this coming up on the podcast, we're, we're either going to have a bonus episode kind of devoted to all the major announcements at San Diego comic con this year. And which, uh, Robert Feckus is going to be guesting on. Um, if that hasn't released yet, or if that has already released rather, um, then next week we're probably going to do, I don't know, an extended potpourri maybe, um, since Tiny will be back from vacation. Um, so other than that, thank you again for listening, and uh, thank you to anyone who's listening from Indie Film Fest. You guys were great, and I was very happy to uh, be able to get a pass from you guys. And, uh, I really enjoyed going to the festival as much as I did and, um, posting about it as frequently as I did. And I, I really enjoyed it and I can't wait to do it again next year. And, uh, yeah. And on, on a semi-related note, I kind of love that (laughs) this podcast that I do, the, the, the podcast that I started with tiny grew into, or rather the blog that I started just to, share my ramblings about movies and TV turned into a podcast that I do with tiny, 
uh, which turned into a podcast where I introduced Tiny and Mike to each other. And then now that's grown into a podcast that we do that we host a live event for every October. And that's like now um, I have Indie Film Fest that I go to and I have Heartland that I go to. And it's kind of become this big part of my life now. So um, we didn't get to do like a full three-year anniversary retrospective because the three-year anniversary was June 21st. Um, but anyway, so if you've been listening for a while or you're a newcomer, whatever, any any context, I, I appreciate your listenership and uh, I'm glad that we haven't been too off-putting for you um, at this point. So thanks for listening and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully I have a voice because I'm already feeling like... Groggy, this may have been a horrible idea. <laughs> okay, thank you guys for listening and see you guys next week. <laughs> I, uh, I have my Evernote Chromecast or casting to the screen on my TV, and my cat is freaking out because I'm scrolling. Like she's propped up and staring at the screen on my TV. That's funny pizza roll anyway okay um <clears throat> finally the last thank you for listening to the obsessive viewer presented by obsessiveviewer.com you can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com and you can subscribe to the show on itunes stitcher or your preferred podcast app the obsessive viewers theme song is an eclipse of events and is provided by loud like from their ep mistakes we must make you can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can email the hosts individually at matt, tiny, or mike at obsessiveviewer.com or send an email to the podcast in general at podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Check out the Obsessive Viewer blog at obsessiveviewer.com where we post movie and TV reviews and the occasional editorial about the business of entertainment. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer at obsessive tiny and at I am Mike white. If you want more obsessive content in your life, check out our sister site, obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the podcatcher of your choice. Again, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Be excellent to each other.